What's up, guys? Mitch Pelkey back again with another episode of Pelk Talk. Today, joined with the legendary Justin Gutterdink. Justin, how you doing? Good, man. What's going on? Not too much. Just trying to stay busy during quarantine. Uh, what have you been up to? Yeah, uh, I'm in New York right now. It's a little crazy, but I'm staying busy, trying to get ready for the season. There you go. Are you excited for the championship series? Yeah, man. It's going to be awesome. Um, Chrome have some uh, some business to handle. We had a tough year last year, but uh, we we definitely are, are ready for a rebound. There you go. I like that. Well, off the start, what's the nickname you like going off most? Um, I think Gutty is is my go-to now. Um, you know, after after I've been teamed with Trevor Baptiste on yeah. the wings last season, um, got close with him, and he kind of been my hype man since. There you go. How did that start? Uh, I actually, it was my dad's nickname in college. So it, it was, I've had this nickname for a while. Uh, it kind of just blew up, you know, probably last season in the PLL when, when Trevor started, uh, you know, getting in front of the camera. Hey, the guys call you that at uh, Garden City? Yeah, I had that. I've had that nickname on the back of my jersey when I was in like PAL. So like since like third grade, I've, I mean, I've been called that pretty much my entire life. Sweet. All right, let's start from the beginning. Growing up in Garden City, New York an absolute powerhouse for lacrosse. You know, what was that like? Yeah, it, it was It was awesome. It was a lot of pressure. Um, you know, everyone was like, you know, everyone was lacrosse-oriented. Obviously, you guys played other sports, but um, lacrosse is, is very well known in Garden City. Um, it has a, a very rich tradition. So you have a lot of people that you follow up on and um, a lot of people that you, you know, look up to. And then when you're in that spotlight, um, there's a lot of pressure on your shoulders to, to lead by, you know, up to the standards that those guys led by. Um, so it, it was obviously amazing. Got to play in some big time lacrosse games that really prepared me for college. But yeah, it's just a, a powerhouse that, um, you know, it, it has so much tradition that, you know, you really look forward to like playing in the big game when you're a senior, especially the Woodstick Classic, obviously everyone knows about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of pressure, but it, it really, it, it is awesome to be a part of. That's sick. That's cool to hear. And your dad played lacrosse at Penn State. You know, is he yeah. kind of the first one to put put the stick in your hand? Absolutely. He, uh, I think I had it coming out of the womb. He was, uh, <laughs> you know, he he's loved lacrosse so much and still does, obviously. Um, he's He played, like you said, at Penn State and was a goalie. So I was shooting on him when I was younger. Um, you know, eventually got to the point where uh, he, had to, he had to quit. Um, I, I started getting a little older. He started getting a little older. Um, and then he eventually had to tap out, but he, uh, he played in, in older leagues when he, when, you know, he was like 50 and he probably quit, I would say eight years ago now, but like, I used to go to his games when I was younger and like still looking up to him at, when I was in like middle school and stuff like that. So it was really cool to be a part of that, um, and have someone like that lead me. That's cool. So what was kind of Garden City like as a town? Like, did you grow up playing football in the fall? lacrosse and spring basketball in the winter or was it always just lacrosse um when I was younger I played pretty much any sport I could get my hands on but when, as it when it came you know I got a little older um in middle school I just did basketball football and lacrosse um and then in high school I just did lacrosse and, and football um basketball was you know in the winter season I was obviously very focused on lacrosse so um we had some workouts that you know if you were really serious about lacrosse, then you, you would go and play. Um, we had some guys that still played basketball and they were, you know, just better basketball players. So they, they wanted to do both. Um, but yeah, a lot of these guys were, were uh, doing mainly football and lacrosse. Yeah. So growing up, did you play travel lacrosse? Yeah. I played on a bunch of different teams. Um, I played on Express. I played on FLG. 
Uh, I played on the crabs for a little bit. Okay. Um, that was after I committed. It was just more of a um, get to know other like yeah. other players and different styles of lacrosse. So I got to play with a bunch of Maryland players, which was really cool. You know, we always had trouble beating the crabs. So um, I felt like Kevin Garnett, I mean, uh, <laughs> Kevin Durant joining, joining them. But, you know, it was a lot of fun getting to know all these different players. And then when you're in college, you have all these relationships um, with all these players that, you know, stem from these high school across club teams, which is, which is really awesome. That's sick. It reminds me of myself with that stuff. Did you play crabs in Placid and like? Yep. Yeah, I think I played in 20, 2011 or twenty twelve. I played with like Heacock, um, all these like really really good players that were, um, you know, that went on to do big things in, in college. Um, so it's really cool getting to know those guys pretty close. Yeah, I know. Sick tournament. Probably one of the best tournaments out there because like lacrosse is. I feel like it's such like so relaxed and it's all about just meeting new people. Yeah, exactly. Vale, Vale, and uh, and Placid are, are two of the best tournaments. Um, yeah. You know, for fun reasons and and competitive reasons. There, you know, Ocean City is a little bit more um, you know party based, but yeah. the uh, the the Vale and and uh, Placid tournaments are actually pretty competitive, which is awesome. Yeah, that's that's sick. So attending Garden City High School, you know, how nervous were you for that first trial? Yeah, um, I was I was on JV my freshman year. Um, okay. There's no hiding that. So I was, um, I obviously wanted to be on varsity as a freshman. Um, you know, a lot of these guys were, you know, some of the best on Long Island at the time. So it was really tough for me to, you know, even take that back seat, but then play on JV. Um, and then my sophomore year, I made it on to varsity. Still wasn't really playing as much. Um, I had 30 points as a, as a sophomore. Um, so, you know, that kind of just shows how good, Garden City was because I, you know, I was one of the top players in my class, but going into that year was really hard for me because I wanted to, you know, burst onto the scene as a sophomore, um, but it just didn't happen. It wasn't my time yet. So then my junior year and senior year, um, you know, obviously stepped into that role as a starting attackman um, and, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. So obviously, like you said, having to fill big shoes, you know, what was kind of that turning point from sophomore to junior, senior year that, you played really well. Yeah. Um, you know, part of it was, you know, we had such a good team around us um, that it, it made it easier to, you know, kind of step into that role. Um, you know, you're led by great coaches. And, you know, when you have these amazing players that are going to Harvard, they're going to Penn, um, you have older guys, you know, taking that step when you're a junior and those guys are seniors, you're looking up to them. So it makes it easy going, you know, going into senior year a lot easier. Um, but those guys, you know, they just led by example and um, were able to, you know, make it easier for me making that transition from being a 30-point sophomore to 96 points as a junior. That's sick. So obviously winning two state championships, what type of moment was that like for you? It was kind of crazy. Um, you know, we haven't, you know, we didn't win states for a while in lacrosse. Um, you know, we were there my sophomore year, um, played Janesville DeWitt, and we lost um, on a last-second goal in overtime. And, um, you know, going into that junior year, we were really hyped up. Um, you know, we had these guys leave. We had – our defense was two Harvard guys, um, a Penn State guy, um, and we were just absolutely stacked as sophomores. And we didn't win. So, like, we were just like, what are we doing wrong? We try to, you know, we led – we just listened to the seniors, and we kind of – um, you know, let them lead. And, you know, our team was very good, ended up going undefeated and, uh, and winning states, which was a crazy ride. 
Uh, we got to play teams out of conference like uh, St. Paul's and Conestoga, who was number one in the country at the time, um, beat them. Um, so it was a pretty wild ride. Um, but again, we had unbelievable team that year. Um, and then senior year was a little bit different. We, we lost a lot of the guys that, you know, were junior uh, seniors and they were a majority of our starters. So like we, we had a really tough time going in senior year. We weren't sure how good we were going to be. Um, but again, um, you know, we, we just learned from those guys and we were able to um, take what they did and, and, and learn from it. And we lost some games throughout the year, um, but we won when it mattered. I like that. So obviously you said you're a big football guy and in high school, did that option ever come up to play football at Duke? Along no, I, I was, I was so focused on lacrosse um, that I, I mean, listen, I thought about, you know, trying to play somewhere. I don't know if I'd be able to play at Duke, but in high school, I even had, I had more football records than I did in lacrosse. Really? I, yeah. So we, again, my senior year, we won Long Island championship, which is the farthest you can go. Um, so that was, that was an awesome ride and um, played receiver. Um, but, you know, once, you know, once it was lacrosse season, I knew that's what I was focused on. Um, and I, I committed to play lacrosse at Duke for four years. Um, you know, and, and it crossed my mind maybe to play a fifth year, try and go somewhere. But, um, you know, I, I was I was pretty set on lacrosse at that point. Yeah, I know. I was, I was watching your highlights in the first play. You <laughs> some one-hand snag. It was silly. Love that. <laughs> uh, do you and Deemer ever go back and forth about your football days? Because I know he was big in high school with it. Yeah, Deemer obviously played in, uh, in the MIAA, which is uh, very competitive. Long Island football isn't as big. Um, but yeah, Deemer was a hell of a football player. I still think I would take him um, <laughs> if he was covering me. I know he played uh, um, he played D back, um, so I think I would still I would still roast him for a few touchdowns. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so would you say you like football more, but you were better at lacrosse or no? Ooh, See, that's I, always I, a tough I, question. I the same question. He was. Yeah. He, he said he liked football more, but better as lacrosse. Yeah, it is. That is a really tough question. I think now. If you ask me, I would say I like lacrosse more. Um, but in high school, maybe that was kind of up for debate. Um, now, because lacrosse has taken me so many places, um, I've kind of realized how good lacrosse has been to me. So, um, you know, lacrosse is my is my number one sport, and it's my favorite sport to watch, to play, um, and all that. But, you know, football was a huge part of my success, too, because it, it you know, it toughened me up. It made me um, a better teammate. It, it was a lot you know, it's a lot harder of a sport to grind through, you know, when you're going through those practices, those are a lot, sometimes, you know, a lot harder. You're getting hit constantly. Um, but, you know, I, I would definitely say lacrosse is my favorite sport. Now in high school, it was, it was up for debate at least. I like that. That's the truth. I like that. So yeah. then you graduate Garden City and take your PG year at Salisbury. Why'd you take that PG year? Yeah, that was, you know, that was academics, um, pure and simple. I, I didn't take the classes I should have taken um, senior year at Garden City. It was more on May, but I got that call in February of my senior year. So I was going into lacrosse season um, as a senior, ready to go to Duke the next year, um, you know, ready to join Jordan Wolf and try and play attack with him starting as a freshman. Um, and that was a huge setback for me because um, obviously I wanted to go there so bad. And they were, they let me know, you know, if you want to come here that bad, you're going to have to take this PG year. And immediately, I'm going to be honest, my first thought was like, you know what, screw them. If they don't want me that bad, you know, they, they would have found a way to get me in. Yeah. But then I kind of stepped back, you know, I, I did visit a few schools. I was, I was angry. Um, 
but you know, I took a step back and I knew that Duke was my dream. Um, you know, and I talked to a lot of people about it. Um, you know, some great players have took, took PG or Rob Pinnell, um, Miles Jones. And like some, you know, I, I just started to realize that, you know, maybe this is, is good for me. Um, I had, they had Jordan Wolf and Josh Dion and Case Mathias at attack. I was hoping I could crack the lineup, but you know, when I stepped in my freshman year, all those guys were gone except Case. So I had a better chance of playing. Um, you know, I, I just I, I kind of weighed all the positive and negatives. Um, but you know, Salisbury was great to me. Um, I, if I had to do it again, I, and I had I knew what I you know was going to do, I I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, so it, it was it was one of the best years of my life. It was really hard to get through, but I, I definitely credit. A large majority of my success to that year. Like you said, you grew up playing travel ball here and there. What was the recruiting process like for you? Yeah, it was a little different. Um, I did not get recruited as high, um, you know, as some of these other players. Um, you know, I was kind of in the back burner of of some of these schools. Um, but I knew I did want to go to Duke, and as soon as I got that call to come visit, that's I, you know, my head was set. Like if they offered me, I was. I was going to go. Um, it was kind of, um, you know, just praying that, you know, they liked me enough to play. Um, but it was, um, it was definitely very interesting because I saw Coach Janowski had a si- on the sideline of one of my games. And he told me the reason he recruited me is because I would celebrate with my teammates after goals, like in summer. So, like, it wasn't because I was the best player on the field. It wasn't because I was the, the most athletic or the strongest or the fastest. Um, he just loved that. You know, he felt like I really loved the game. So that was something that, you know, I, I knew that Coach Janowski was like one of these great guys and one of the best coaches ever. But when he told me that, um, it made me realize that, like, there's something really special going on at Duke. Um, and he doesn't recruit, you know, the best guys yeah. for a reason. He, he recruits the guys that he thinks are going to be um, best for, for Duke. That's cool. Do you kind of remember which tournament or which game he saw you at? I don't remember where it was. Um, I wish I did because it, it is a pretty cool story and um, I'll never forget it, but I just forget where it was. I remember I got my stick stolen at the tournament, but I just forget where it was. <laughs> <laughs> so going through that process, you know, what other schools did you have in mind? Yeah, um, I, was, I was definitely set on a school with good academics and good lacrosse. Um, so I looked at Penn, I looked at Princeton, um, and I looked at Harvard. So those were, um, you know, I would, I guess my top four. Um, but, you know, some of these other schools, like the, the powerhouses, uh, like Virginia or Syracuse or Johns Hopkins, like they didn't, they didn't even call me. They didn't recruit me. I don't know if they knew that I wanted to go to a, a, like, a, you know, a quote unquote good academic school and they didn't bother. But I kind of think it was just more, they weren't interested. And, in, you know, I kind of played with that chip on my shoulder that some of these top schools don't want me. Um, so I'm just going to go out and prove that, you know, um, they, they should have recruited me or something like that. Yeah. So did, did you ever have Penn State in mind with your pops planner? Uh, I did. I, I, I definitely talked to him. But, you know, he, again, he, he kind of, you know, enforced that, you know, he wanted me to go to the, my best option and what was my dream. He obviously loved Penn State. And, you know, he, I think he would say Penn State is his number one school when he's playing. Even, you know, we never got to play Penn State. Um, but if we played them, I don't know who, who he would root for. So that's how much he loves Penn State. But yeah, he, uh, he definitely just told me to follow my dream. And um, I loved Duke basketball as a kid. I loved, uh, I loved watching like Matt Danowski's and the Ned Karate's and, and all those guys. So 
um, it was really cool that, you know, that I had that opportunity to do it and follow my dream. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like my story. My dad, I played lacrosse at UVA. And yep. he was always like, look, it's your four years. Like, you don't have to go to UVA. Do what your mind's set on. And I think yeah. it's the best way to do it with kids. Absolutely. Because you got to give these kids the option. Um, you know, some of these kids have pressure, not, you know, not direct pressure. You know, it's not like their parents are saying you have to go to this school or if you have the option, you're going here. Um, it's kind of just like ingrained, like say their grandpa or and their dad went. They kind of feel that pressure that they need to live up to that legacy. Um, so I'm definitely grateful that my parents, um, you know, led me in the right direction of, you know, allowing me to choose and, and allowing me to fill my dream. So stepping on Duke's campus in that fall, you know, did it feel like home from the start? It did. You know, it even felt like home as soon as I, I visited. Um, everything just felt right. You know, the team, you know, greeted me with open arms, um, just like they were just on campus showing me around and it felt like I was already on the team and I haven't even committed. Um, so that just shows the, the culture that coach Janowski instills in those guys. Um, he, it's not even, it's the top recruit or, you know, the 10th recruit in the class, everyone's getting treated the same. Um, and everyone is, uh, you know, gets, gets the same treatment, which is, you know, really important. Um, so these, these guys have, you know, just instilled such a great culture at Duke. Um, that allows people to feel like it's their home, um, you know, when, when they're there. Yeah, that's awesome. And what was kind of that first aha moment that made you realize, like, this isn't high school ball anymore, like, I got to pick it up? Whew. Uh, I would say it's just, you know, you're watching these guys on TV. And as a freshman, I'm on the field with Miles Jones and Deemer class, these guys who are like first team All-Americans, guys who you you read about or you watch on TV and you're like, these guys are like gods. Like everyone, everyone knows these guys in the sport. Um, and then when you're on the field, it's like, they're just the same as you. So yeah. like, it is really, really cool. Um, you know, maybe they're bigger, maybe they're better lacrosse players, but at that time, it's just like, you're, no one's being treated any differently. Yeah. So it's the same, it's just the same player. You're just a lacrosse player. You're out on the field. Um, so I think that would be it. It's just like, going into that and you're like standing next to Miles Jones, you're standing next to Deemer class and you're like, yeah, they're my friends, they're my teammates. But like, and, and when you go home, you know, from break, everyone's like, what is it like, like playing with them? Like, are they like, you know, different guys and like, are they like gods? And you're like, no, they're just like normal people, um, you know, which is really cool. And everyone, everyone wants to know what it's like to play with these guys. Um, so I think that's, that's that moment when you're like, what I'm doing is really cool and, and people want to know about it. Yeah, I know. And I was talking with Rob Pinnell uh, the other week and I had that same feeling like, Oh God, like he's one of the best ever play. Like, I don't know, like if this is going to go well. And I just remember like 30 minutes in, I was just having a regular conversation with someone. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I worked Rob, uh, camps with Rob um, yeah. and you know, everyone's like, what, what is he like? Like, and you're just like, he's just, he's just a normal dude and he's, he loves lacrosse and it's yeah. just like, everyone's like kind of the same person, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I know. I love that part. So first game, you score six goals. You know, how much of a man did you feel like you were? I, I, I was just like, hmm, maybe I could do this. Like maybe, maybe I can really play at this high level. Um, but, you know, that's just like being in the right time. Um, just having, having that opportunity to play um, at high point was just like, it was their first year. Um, so I was just like, maybe this is a good chance for me 
to step up and, and, and make some, make some plays. Um, and I found the net six times and then we played, I think we played them on a Friday and we played air force on Sunday and I scored four goals. So I had 10 goals in two games as a freshman. And I was just like, Holy crap. Like I'm actually doing this. Like I'm, I'm living my dream. Um, and I'm, I'm performing at a level that I thought I could, but now that I'm seeing it, it just instills that confidence. Um, so I did get pretty lucky because, you know, my whole career can turn if I don't play well that first game and I don't play well the second game, maybe I have no confidence going into that third game and then maybe I get pulled and everything changes. So definitely it was a little bit of luck and a lot um, of just that hard work that I put in for, what, 20-something years that I was, I was ready for that moment. That's cool. So on your Instagram, you got a pic of like Jaleel Okafor. Yep. A party, you know, how often do you see those basketball guys like at house parties or just around campus? Yeah, you see them more than you think. Um, and again, they're just like normal dudes. Um, I definitely stayed in touch with a few of them like Jaleel, um, Justice Winslow. Um, and it's really cool because they're, you know, they have they share that one thing in common and that's Duke. And they love the school. And even if they were there for only one year, um, they, they definitely, you know, learn to interact with other guys like you know, they don't have to talk to anyone. Like these guys know that they're going to be making millions of dollars next year. They don't have to bother, um, you know, getting to know someone else, but it's, it's really cool. And maybe it's not just coach Stanowski instilling that culture at Duke. Maybe it's just Duke itself has this certain aura around it that guys, you know, really want to connect with other people and other athletes. Um, you know, it, it is just a very cool place to be because you have those guys who know that they're going to be stars yeah. in a year and they don't have to be there. Like they could have went to the G league or they could have done something, but they're there and they love the school. Um, so it is really cool seeing those guys and you see guys come back from, um, you know, from the NBA to work out at Duke. You see those guys. I saw um, Jabari Parker once yeah. um, took a picture with him. So it's really cool. These, these guys are just, again, like normal dudes. And um, it's, it's definitely uh, a unique place to be. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the same, like, with us with football. Like, you see, like, Chase Young, like, Justin yeah. on campus. You're like, oh, my God. And then you talk to him, you're like, they're just normal guys. Exactly. It, it is. It's so awesome. It's, uh, it's, it's a cool it's, feeling, too. Exactly. Because, again, you're, you're looking up to these guys as, like, gods. And, like, these guys are going to be making millions of dollars. And they, they don't seem to care in that moment, um, you know. And they, they want to interact with people. They, they're just, like, normal people, which is – which is super cool because the Duke, the, the basketball building, like Cameron Indoor is right next to our lacrosse building. So you okay. see them a lot, a lot more than uh, maybe you know, normal students do, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's awesome seeing those guys on campus. That's sick. So I was doing my research and I looked on your SoundCloud and I saw you made a couple of mix at Duke. <laughs> you think will, will we ever get that, that, uh, those SoundCloud mixes back now? I don't think so. I'm too busy now. Those days are done. College, in college, you got a lot more time. Yeah. Um, but I definitely had some help on, on a few of those. But yeah, that's that was that's past my prime. Um, those okay. were those were all. Good. That's what I was gonna ask. I was like, you should keep on doing this. One of them was definitely made by uh, my friend Charlie Ford. So shout out Charlie. Okay, sweet. <laughs> you switched from the number 33 to 14. You know, and why that switch? Yeah. So you know, tough discussion, but it's you know, one that I hold, you know, very close to my heart. Um, one of my friends passed away um, my sophomore year and it was, it was really hard. We went to high school together. We grew up together. 
um, played football in lacrosse. Again, we were captains together. Um, so we were really close. Um, but he wore number 14 in, in Garden City. So we had, I think, seven of us, of our friends from Garden City that were playing college lacrosse at the time, all switched to 14 that next year, our junior and senior year. So um, it, was, it was really cool. And, and to be able to honor him in that way is you know, such a small thing that we can do. Um, but yeah, it, it was an uh, incredible moment for me being able to switch that number. One of the seniors had that number. He had 14 that year. And I, I just asked him just any chance I could switch with you. And like, you know, obviously it's really important to me. Um, and he did. And so um, shout out to John Schaefer. I obviously appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really cool moment. Um, the, the week he passed, we were actually playing in the ACC semifinals against Notre Dame. Um, and it was obviously one of the hardest weeks of my, my life. Um, yeah. But I was playing so bad the entire game, didn't, didn't score. Um, and then overtime came around and Miles Jones comes over the top, ran into the crease and he threw it into me, closed my eyes, shot it and scored. And it was just a moment I'll never forget. So he, um, you know, he was definitely looking down on me in that game and, wow. um, and the rest of my career. That's sweet. That gives me the chills a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> the video, the video it, it, you know, I, I play it often because it gives me, um, it just gives me that hope that I know he's looking down on me. That's awesome. That, that's, that's really cool. So is the conspiracy of, of Coach Janowski making you guys do yoga, is that true? Oh, it's true. We, uh, we, yeah, we do that in the fall a lot. We tone it back a little bit in, uh, in the spring, but it's more of just like a recovery thing and stretching. Um, so it, 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 I guess it works. I hate stretching. Um, I hate yoga. But I, you know, when we were in there for 30 minutes, I gave it my all. Um, but it was, uh, you know, it's definitely, again, one of those unique things that he does. Um, and you know, most coaches don't really think about doing that, but he, he lets us go in there. You know, you don't think about anything for 30 minutes. So it's just like a good release and you got a great stretch obviously and a good sweat. So it's, um, you know, something, something again that he does and everyone's like, is that going to work? Like, should I do that? Or yeah. you start to see other people, you know, kind of taking things that he does, but, um, yeah, it's true. Going kind of down your career. Um, setting that all-time career goal record at 212, you know, what was that like for you? It was, you know, something I never even, like, thought of. And, like, nothing – it was never a goal of mine. Um, it wasn't, like – you know, even going into senior year, I, like, I knew I had, like, maybe a chance of, of hitting it. But it was never – you know, going in my freshman year, I was never, like, oh, I want to set the all-time goal record of NCAA lacrosse. So it was never on my mind. But once it started getting closer – um, down in the season in my senior year, it was just, you know, kind of surreal because it's just something you don't ever think you can do. Obviously, you have the hopes that you, you know, might, maybe you want to break Matt Donowski's scoring record. Yeah. Um, but, like, that's never, you know, breaking the all-time goal record is nothing that's, you know, you know, you don't think it's realistic, so you don't even set it as a goal. Yeah. Um, so once, once it did happen, I got the call from Zach Greer, and it was just like, I had a picture of him in my wall at my dorm. So like, it was just like something, something I'll never forget. It was a really cool moment. Again, something you never really think you can do. Um, but with all the hard work and, um, and teammates that you have along the way, they allow you to do that, those kinds of yeah. things. And, and passing two, two Duke guys to get there. How is that? How cool was that for you? Yeah. Again, you know, two all time greats too. Like, guys you grew up grow, uh, watching and like 
it's, you know, it's kind of surreal even still to talk about passing Max Gonzani and Zach Rear. Like you don't even think that's, you know, realistic when you're a freshman at Duke. You're all you're worried about is like catching and passing. Yeah. You just don't want to mess up in a line drill. So like, it's not something you're like going out every day and practicing to break that record. Um, you, you're kind of just there to focus and in that moment. You're so concerned about messing up that you don't even place your goals on, on these kinds of things. Yeah. So would you give up that record for that national championship? 100%. I've said it. Not, yeah, it's not even a question in my mind. Uh, I went to Duke to win a national championship. Um, so, you know, I still think about that game all the time. I, I know it was on TV the other day. I still have not watched the game. I don't think I ever will be able to. Oh, you um, haven't watched it since? No, I couldn't even tell you about the game. I was so, you know, it's obviously something that is so hard because that's all I wanted. Um, that's what I went there for. Um, so, yeah, it sucks. But, um, again, it helped shape me for my, my future um, in pro lacrosse. Yeah, that's exactly what Rob said. He said he would, he would give his tour time for that 2009 championship. And he also said, like, if, if that didn't happen, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you today. Absolutely. I, 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 t I totally agree with that. Um, you know, it's something that motivates me. Everyone's like, oh, you, you know, you set this goal record, um, been to a national championship, you've done, you've done just about everything, like what motivates you? And I'm like, there's a ton of things that, that motivate me. Um, yeah. And losing in that national championship is certainly one of them. Yeah, for sure. So then graduating Duke and getting drafted to the MLL, you know, was, what type of moments like that for you? Was, was that always a childhood dream of yours? Yeah, it was actually. I, I definitely wanted to play you know, professional lacrosse, especially um, as, you know, the years went on um, and, you know, kept getting better and better. And I was like, hmm, maybe I have a shot at this. Um, maybe I could get drafted. And, you know, once I think probably sophomore and junior year roll around, you start to realize that you, you can do this and you just got to keep putting in the hard work that you, you do and, um, you know, everything else will come along with it. Yeah. So playing in, in one year in the MLL, then playing in the PLL, you know, what, what do you think the difference is in leagues? It's kind of tough. I don't want to, like, really trash the MLL, but I just think it's something that it's two different styles now. It's like there was, there was I think, 11 teams when I was there, maybe, maybe 10, and there was just a lot more guys on the field. Just in general, there was just other players that maybe didn't take it as seriously. And now that there's six for last year, now that there's seven, but last year with six teams, you think about it, there's six lefty attackmen that are going to play in the world at that time. So like you have to keep working. You have to keep all this stuff up. It's just a different level of competitiveness. It truly is like the best of the best. Um, especially once the guys start flowing over more from the MLL, it's going to be even more competitive. So it's, it's, it's really, I'm really excited to watch Rob this year. Um, and see how he does. Um, I know he's. I know he's very motivated to to play well this year. Um, but yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be really an exciting year for sure. That's sweet. And and playing that first year, playing in a year in the PLL, you know, which league felt more professional? The PLL definitely. Um, it, you know, you just get treated differently. Like a again, don't want to go back to like bashing the MLL, but you know, you don't have. You know, you're not walking off a bus with people taking pictures of you. Yeah. Like you're you're showing up to the game in cars and stuff, and um, you know maybe you're with on a team bus, but you don't 
you don't have that feel of like being a professional. You're not on main TV, like you're not on NBC um, in front of a hundred million people. Like that's, it's, you just have that different, you have that in the back of your head. Like, you know, a lot of people are watching this game. Um, so it's a little bit different as opposed to maybe if it's on Lack Sports Network, it's, it's just a little bit um, different. And again, I love what MLL has done, um, you know, for those guys, they've, they've obviously done an amazing job, all this stuff. Um, same with Lack Sports Network, but it's just a little bit different when you're on, you know, one of the main you know, channels on, on TV. <laughs> Yes. What would you say is the coolest part of the PLL? You know, is, is it all the fans? Is it is it being on national television? Is it all like the, the exposure you guys get? I I mean, again, I think it's going back to playing with the best of the best. Like when you're when you're my first year coming out, I was playing with the best, but now this is truly the best of the best, um, and it's guys who you've looked up to that you're playing with. Like I got to be really close with Kyle Harrison. Like I never even thought that was like. A chance like why why would i ever think that's yeah like why would i ever think i could be able to like just text kyle harrison and ask him for advice um at any point when i was younger when i'm watching him play in national championships like i never you never really think of those things so you get to be really close with these guys and then play alongside them and compete with them is it's just a dream come true and and something you you kind of take for granted until you step back and you're like you you looked up for the, to these guys for your entire middle school you know, I don't want to date those guys too bad, but you looked up for, you looked up for those guys and, you know, yeah. now you're playing with them and competing with them um, is, you know, kind of, kind of surreal. Yeah, it's true. And, and throughout your career um, in the PLL this past year, what was kind of the realization to you that you've made it? Was it getting drafting? Was it setting that record? Was it getting a sponsorship? What was that for you? That's kind of a tough question. You know, I'm kind of in that boat of, I don't know if I've still made it. Like, I don't know if I've secured myself as one of the best players in the world. Um, and once, if, if I were ever to be talked about as like Tom Schreiber as the best in the world, then I would say, uh, you know what, I've made it. But that's what kind of keeps me going um, is I'm still not in that conversation and I don't expect to be right now. Um, but that's going to just, you know, keep growing with, you know, hard work and determination and all this stuff. Talked about as the best player in the world, maybe I can put my feet up for a little bit. There you go. I like that. You know, how surreal of a moment was that for you uh, with Matt Donowski growing up coaching you and then playing alongside him, him on the Chrome? How, how weird or cool was that for you? You know, my, my, a lot of my friends ask me that, especially my teammates at Duke are just like, does Matt still treat you the way he treated you at Duke? You know, obviously love Matt to death, but like we, we butted heads because we were both these guys who were so competitive um, and he wanted to win so bad just as much as I did as, which is kind of crazy. Like you think about a coach, like, Oh, he wants to win just as bad as like his players, but it's true because Matt is such a motivated guy and all this stuff. And he's taught me so much, but you know, he'll, he'll tell you right to your face. Like we butted heads because we were both just so competitive. Um, and we always wanted to, you know, be the one that was right. Quote unquote, like, whatever. Yeah. you know, he's, he's trying to teach me and I'm doing something differently just because, you know, I'm, I'm, I have one goal in mind and it's, you know, to win. And, and obviously people have different thoughts. So like when I go back and I, I step back and I'm like, my, I, I watched this guy and I idolized him. And now I'm, co he's, you know, he's coaching me. Even as a freshman, I'm like, holy crap. Like my idol is, is, is coaching me right now. And then, you know, fast forward and now I'm playing with him. 
this again it goes back to like you you never think this is like a chance but this is all the opportunities that lacrosse gives you and it's just so surreal and i'm so obviously honored to play with him be coached by him and, and watch him play is just incredible yeah that's awesome <laughs> but yes he, he still he still does yell at me in practice sometimes does he really <laughs> absolutely <laughs> That's funny. So I did my research a little bit, and I, I was watching this video with you and RJ, and you said your favorite inf Instagram influencer was Emily Rodakowski. Yes. So if you guys were in the same bar together and she walked in, what pickup line would you use for her? I have a girlfriend. I can't. She would kill me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. Honest guy. Yes. And, I, I would never. There you go. <laughs> More research, and I found out you fall asleep to white noise. Yes. True. Yes. It's actually something wow. that I was inspired by, um, by Marcus Holman. And I don't know why, but one, one day I forget where we were, but we were just in a hotel. I think it was for when we were in Ohio. Um, and he, I, I just like went to his room for something. I think we were like talking about what we're going to do for this game or something. And then he was like, all right, I'm going to take a nap. And he put on the white noise. Like he had a white noise machine. Like he brought yeah. it. I just put it on my phone. Like, He's pretty yeah. intense about it. I think I, I stayed there and I fell asleep like that. Like it was just like, and I usually can't fall asleep that easily. But then I started doing some research and it's supposedly good for your brain, which I need all the help I can get. Um, but yeah, I just put it on my phone. I have a playlist. Like if you were to like look me up on Spotify, you would just see my white noise playlist and I just play That's it every nice. night. Yeah, it's really, it's, I don't know. It's now it's something I like can't sleep without. No, yeah, because I've been listening and falling asleep to White Noise for like three years now. And you're the, literally the first person I've ever met that, that does that. It helps yeah. so much. I either need a White Noise or a box fan, and I have to have something. I know. If it's dead silent, you, I will be up all night staring yeah. at the walls. It's brutal, yeah. So I <laughs> found our last segment called Quick Talk on Pelt Talk. I'm going to hit you with a quick phrase, sentence, and you give me a quick answer back. Okay. All right, favorite food? Chicken parm. Just love that. PLL's <laughs> cockiest player? Uh, Jared Newman. If not Duke, then? Uh, Penn State. <laughs> uh, best teammate ever? Um, Will Haas. Most overrated lacrosse player ever? Ever? Yeah. <laughs> I'll say Sergio Salcedo because he won ACC Player of the Year uh, my junior year. Okay, okay, I like that. <laughs> most overrated. No, no hate on him, though. Okay, most overrated <laughs> basketball player ever? LeBron, because I'll, I'm a Jordan fan now. <laughs> okay, okay. Most swag in the PLL? Miles Jones, hands down. Really? Okay. I'm hack in the PLL. Tucker Durkin. The last question, where do you see yourself in five years? Hopefully a holding a gold medal after uh, Team USA. What about your personal side? My personal side? Yeah. 25 now. Maybe married. Okay. I don't know. I'm not. Maybe a kid? Not, <laughs> huh? Maybe a kid? Oh, five years? Maybe. Okay, okay. Possibly. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, thanks, Justin. I appreciate you coming on Pelt Talk. You know, where, where can the fans find you? Yep, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at gutterball14 with one T. Okay, gutterball. I love that. <laughs> Justin, I appreciate it again. Yep, absolutely, man. Yep, you too.